0: Blog Talk Radio. Hello, how is everyone tonight? Nigel Brown is our special guest this evening. And I'd like to welcome both her and you to Living Well with Zenobia Bailey. Welcome, Nija.
1: Thank you, Zenobia. Oh, absolutely. Thank you. And uh,
0: as most of you know, if not all of you, we are continuing to talk about Alzheimer's. Uh, This is National Alzheimer's and Brain Awareness Month. And last. Our last show, we talked about uh, this uh, this hot topic, hot, and when I say hot, I mean that, you know, day in and day out, you hear of uh, more people, more people we know, uh, their relatives, et cetera, friends are being uh, struck by and impacted by Alzheimer's disease. And so I thought, in, just in recognition of the month, as well as the fact that we did not really cover anywhere near what we wanted to on the last show, uh, I asked Nija Brown to join me. Nija will speak to her own particular situation, uh, but I was thinking of the fact when we have decision makers, uh, sometimes people complain about the fact that they are the only one versus having multiple people in a home make a decision. Nija and I are both uh, products of a family of five children, and uh, as many of you have heard me speak in the past, my mom has Alzheimer's, and Nija and her siblings have gotten to a point that we hope might be able both to look at perhaps where I have come from and where I am, as well as where Nyjah has come from and where she is in the care of their loved ones. So Nigel, um would you just share with the audience a little bit about uh, what's going on in your uh, neck of the woods and uh Well, let's just just begin there. I'll pick up with a follow-up question, but would you just open with that, please?
1: Okay. Thank you, Zenobia, and good afternoon and good evening to um, our audience. So I have four sisters. There's five girls in my family, and our mom was diagnosed with second-stage Alzheimer's probably within the last five to six years. I would say probably more than ten years ago. Uh, we recognized that things were sort of starting to decline with her memory and her um, recall. So yeah. she's ninety. She's ninety-one today. Soon to be ninety-two Ooh. in September. Yes, and oh, we tell
0: her happy birthday from
1: me. <laughs> thank you. I will. I will. Mm-hmm. So we, our sisters and I, my sisters and I, we had to just kind of take over her business and personal affairs. These are sort of the stages that we went through. And then we had to look at uh, being or becoming her caregiver. And then we had to consider what is it that we needed to do for ourselves to be able to provide the best for her. And then we made an ultimate decision. So those are sort of the stages that led us through the journey that we've been on probably for about 10 years now.
0: Okay. Now, I want to just reflect. I'll use myself uh, here at this point, and um, I'd like to get you to respond. Uh, In the beginning, for us, no one agreed. Uh, I think they were just at a point. I have two brothers and two sisters, Uh, and initially they were all at a point of denial. And I understand from my readings and talking to the physician that that's a very normal route to go. And then one brother, the brother I have, um, two brothers, they live in the same state with my mom. I'm across country <coughs> prior to uh-huh. moving across country, and I mean all the way across country. Prior to moving, um, I would uh, see my mom on a fairly regular basis, although I live in another, another state. But the brothers, this is a little different. The brothers, particularly when when they the sisters are involved that the brothers have the major care of my mom. one brother uh-huh. in particular she she lived with him, and um so that brother was the one who obviously and I say obviously because now he's seeing in a day in and in a day and day out faces um the one who had her twenty four seven care. I was more of an administrator-type person doing, like you said, taking care of the bills and whatnot. But trying to fast-forward this, since we don't only have these little few minutes, um, it's been a hard road with the other siblings because they don't think that she needs assistance. And her assistance, as it goes for most folks with dementia, and certainly with Alzheimer's, little by little, sometimes, sometimes very rapidly, they lose their um ability to do the things that they had done. So I have been taking care I was actually taking care of her bills and and and, and that kind of a thing years, like five or six years before she was uh, truly diagnosed by a neurologist. Uh-huh. And we we are struggling because I, I think with five people, if we with the situation that we have with everyone being scattered, if we would all take turns, it would be it would help the brother who now cares for her and is begging for help. Well, they're not on the same page, and so um, that didn't happen, so I tried to do the next best thing, which was to bring help in. She's still able I to think. go out, and she can still go out. So initially I started with one um, chore, someone coming in to help with one chore, then gradually two, then three, now four, and so it's, palatable for that brother that she saves it, but it's still not where I would like it. How did it happen for you? Did did would would you speak to that? Because in my situation, it sounds like when I speak to you that I don't know what happened years ago, but at this point it sounds like you and your sisters are all together, moving forward together to deliver the best care possible for your mother, as well as taking into consideration your own personal needs as well. Now yes. I know I'm, I may not be right,
1: and so you speak to that however you want. Yeah, and you are correct, absolutely correct, and it's an it's a it's a a good point. Uh, the blessing okay. for my sisters and I is that we all live in the state of Washington, so in the city, mm-hmm. the same city, city of Seattle. So it was that we weren't scattered abroad, and yeah. we we were all on the same page, and but we had to purposefully come together and have what we called our family meetings, and it was just the five of us, and then there were times when we brought our, our children in, uh, my mother's grandchildren, and, and filled them in.
0: Can I pause you for one moment? Did you say yes. you started out on the same page? Is that what you said? Yes, we started on the same page? Oh, that's a real yes. blessing. That's great. Yes. Okay, now go ahead. I'm, I didn't I didn't mean to stop. I just wanted that clarification.
1: Yes, we did start out on the same page. And what we all thought to her, either would go in and visit her or stop by, and then we were comparing notes. We started to call one another, did you notice that uh, Mommy did this or did you notice that she uh, wasn't dressed today or whatever it was, and we started comparing notes. And so we started out on the same page. Now when we had to make the, the final decision and that was to eventually place her into an adult family home, we did not move forward until all of us were in agreement. So there wasn't one person who uh could veto other votes. We were all in agreement when we made when we made that final decision for her. Our challenge was that's that wonderful. she wanted to and I, just I mean it's it, wonderful. It, it it was it was wonderful, and it actually made the journey a lot more peaceful, you know when family mm-hmm. and siblings are at odds, sometimes it's not comfortable and it's not peaceful. It was very peaceful yes. for us, and we understood that our ultimate goal was to provide her with the best care uh because yes. because of who she is and, yes. and so that was our end goal, so we had to really move ourselves out of the way to be able to get mm-hmm. to and reach that end goal. So we, we did a variety of things. We did we divided things up. As you said, you were sort of the administrator. We divided up a lot of the duties or the responsibilities that came up. So we're blessed to have have a an RN, a registered nurse in our family. She was the one that kind of tended to her doctor's appointments and then translated those appointments for the rest of us lay persons. And then I I'm ended so up being sort that. of that ad- that administrative person uh, making sure that all the legal paperwork was in order, uh, health care directive, durable power of our attorney, the will, et cetera. And then uh-huh. we had other sisters who just filled in with paying the bills. And so we divided up the responsibility, and then we were able to say to one another, I'm overwhelmed or this is too much, uh uh, this is making me sad. You know, it's this is becoming yeah. more difficult. We were able to communicate with one another, and we didn't have any judgment about how each of us felt. We just accepted that, and then where we needed to step in to pick up that extra weight, we would do so. You sound like a very
0: functional family <laughs> for some of us. For some of us, more dysfunctional. You it's very encouraging. <laughs> And I commend you. That's a real high honor and testimony to each of you, your mother, the Lord Jesus. I mean, it's just a really great testimony. So
1: Well, thank you. Great. We did a lot of we did a lot of praying too. A lot of praying. Oh, absolutely. Uh absolutely. Uh, asked for guidance and direction and we prayed for one another. We prayed before our little family meetings, we prayed afterwards and Uh, we wouldn't have been able to do it without uh, Jesus in the picture.
0: Well, I'd like to, um, there's someone who is on the line, and I would like to, if that person, I'm not sure who you are, but would you like to say something? Did you call to make a comment? Perhaps not. That's fine. You You can just listen. Okay, Nija, you said you would not have been able to make it. Maybe... Um, what would you say to someone like me? Now, you know, we all, too, have... We all say, and I believe it with all my heart, and I say we, I'm talking about my sibling. We all say that we have our mom's best interests at heart and she deserves the best care. Uh-huh. But when you have individuals, and you have individuals who do not see the need, um, what would your advice be to me? You know, I am... I think I'm the one who has been spearheading. I know I am the, the one that's spearheading everything. Uh, for, and some in terms of getting clarification as to mm-hmm. where she is on the spectrum. When I share with them what the doctor says in terms of the stages, there's just non-acceptance of it. Uh, not by all, but by one of them major. Players, the one that um, is my brother next to me, most of the siblings cower to. And, you know, he is a strong presence, let's just say that. And he takes, before our dad dies, my dad asked him to take care of the family. So I'm not beating up on him at all, and I'm not being negative Mm -hmm. towards him, but he just is not, doesn't appear anyway, to be where. I don't know, uh, for lack of a better word, where where the reality hits the road for where she is. In fact, the neurologist said, this is a good example, the neurologist said to me uh, that she should have round-the-clock care. He doesn't see why. He doesn't understand that. What would you say to a family that might be similar to me, in one way or the other, where you know that everyone wants the best for the loved one, but we're not necessarily—at least it doesn't appear like—we're moving in the direction that can give them that best care.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so I'm filling in, you know, I'm doing things. I'm I'm, I'm and by the way, I'm Keith as you know, from the Washington State area, and they're here on the. I happen, you know, I'm out, most of the listeners don't know I'm out on the East Coast now. That. Part of my visit here is to see my mother, and uh, so what would you say from your perspective? What would you say to to to, to help that situation? Can it be helped?
1: Well, I, I'm sure it can be helped. I think one of the things that I would say and or recommend is it's important to recognize that people are going to react to situations differently. So each of my sisters, we all reacted differently. We were at different stages of acceptance, denial, the whole bit. I think the most mm-hmm. important thing is meeting the, that your brother or I- any sibling where they are. With your particular situation, there's going to be a challenge because you're not all in the same location. So maybe you could set up phone conferences where you could start having regular meetings. And you have the information. Someone else is not willing to receive the information or accept the information. You can't really force it on them. And then I okay. would just say, Zenobia, that just continue to pray that, that God would move in this situation and bring you all on the same page. Open up the, the eyes and the ears of those who are in a, a state or stage of denial so that they can see really what's going on. Uh, would you and your siblings Those be able different. to say that you all know what your mom would want? Do you, Do you guys um, agree what what it is that she would want?
0: No, because okay. even when yeah, it's it's really in our situation, it's um, very dysfunctional, and um, and then my mother complicates things because she changes. Should tell me one thing, and should tell somebody else something else. You know, and should tell somebody else you got something else, and so you don't have, we don't have the unity there. But okay. um, maybe, maybe um, to help uh, those that are listening, let's just move away from me. I brought you to me, <laughs> but let's move away from me. Let's get uh, maybe another example where maybe. Um, Everyone's in the same location or, you know, I don't want to make it that way because perhaps they're not. You know, maybe there are more people like me. Maybe there's a brother and a sister involved and maybe the brother is um, contributing the finances. And and I I have a friend in this situation and she contributes some finances, but he's in a better position, yet he doesn't come and see mom. And, And this friend is desiring him to come and see the mother and she, the sister, is feeling overwhelmed because she is, um, although they have uh, someone coming in, a, um, a CNA coming in, they're not there all day. They come every day, but they're there for about four hours. And the rest of it is, the rest of it, the responsibility is the sister. So she's losing sleep. Um, she's um, late for work. I mean, you know, the whole schedule has to be worked we were. What would you say to that situation, maybe? And I'm calling on you because I know you've had quite a, a lot more experience with this than me, and so I'm just asking you from
1: your perspective. So we actually went through that. Uh, we had caregivers okay. during the day. We started out with uh, caregivers for a few hours during the day when we noticed that she needed assistance or she was declining more and more. And then, of course, those caregiving hours for a paid caregiver and it ended up increasing not only just in hours, but we also increased the numbers. So what we ended up doing was we covered the day hours, and then each of us had a weeknight where we covered the evening hours, and then we actually moved a nephew into my mom's home who lived there so that he would be there for her throughout the night. And for instance, I would go on shift about 6, I work, I'd go on shift about, I'm just calling it shift, I'd go and be with her uh, around 6 o'clock and leave probably 11 or 11.30. There were many times that I woke up in the morning on Friday morning because my evening was Thursday and I would be tired and I had an early staff meeting that I had to be at every Friday morning. And and we were able to say to one another though, I, I'm just, I'm I'm tired and it was, going through that process for three and a half years, that helped us to realize that she still had gaps in her her caregiving. There were still yeah. hours here or there in her caregiving. The more and more she declined and the less she was mobile, we realized that we needed to do something differently. So when I asked you the question, do you and your siblings know what your mother would want, our mother told us, please don't move her from her house. The home that she had in.
0: Oh, you meant in that You, you meant in
1: that um, Oh yes, uh,
0: my mother has told me without, uh, without all of us. She told all of us with no uncertainty. She is not
1: going into
0: any type of a home, assisted living, nursing home, nothing. Okay, we heard
1: that. that also. We were able uh-huh. to. We were able to share it with my mom that we wanted the best for her it was for her safety we could see that her anxiety would, was growing in the evenings like if i left at 11 p.m. and my nephew didn't get home from work until 11:30 she'd start asking who's here who's here and and you know we're only talking a half hour but it caused her to be so anxious that we when we started letting her know and sharing with her that we were looking at moving her to an adult family home, which is not a nursing home, and it wasn't assisted living, uh, and it wasn't a retirement home, that she was able to kind of start comprehending. And I would say probably a week or two before she was actually physically moved to her new new location, um, she had accepted it. She accepted it. She was sitting in the living room one evening. She looked up above the mantle, and she said, I want to take that picture. She started pointing to pictures on the wall that would create a story for her. When we moved yeah. her to this home, uh, the tile on that floor was the exact same tile she had in her room. It had the sheer curtains exactly that she had in her room at, in her home, and it was it was like it was like she just. I mean, there was really no market difference to her, uh, yeah. but what she recognized and what she was aware of, and we felt really good that she ended up where she was or where she is, and it wasn't um, a big, huge change um, for her physically. It wasn't I a big, huge change.
0: I love that, and um, and I'm hoping that that resonates and really reaches the heart of some of those who are listening uh, to the show. In my situation, uh, not only does my mom register her feelings, but I have two siblings that stand with her and support her and um, don't want her to be moved from the home she's in. And see, the benefit we have is that... It's a benefit, but it's also a negative, is that she's never alone. My brother is there. The brother she lives with is on disability, but he's ambulatory. And so he's always there, but he is the one who is getting the brunt of it, and the others don't seem to recognize it. So we have two... I have because they're not ex- acknowledging it. I have two people that I'm trying to give care to, both the brother and my mother, and um, uh-huh. it's a very lopsided situation because the others are not. If they, if they would even, even if for her to stay there with him, you know, um, I would share with you. Sooner or later, the money's going to run out, and yeah. then what do we do? Because right now. He's just so grateful. we started with one thing, and then I was able to add something else and I was able you know to constantly found ways to add something else to benefit him in terms of her care uh-huh. so, um but your suggestions are wonderful. they really are, and but yet you still have to have a group of people who are still moving at least somewhat in the same beat or march or band or something, (laughs) you
1: know? Yes, yes.
0: And and right now, that is not happening with us. It's just not. uh, There's a lot of stubbornness there. But anyway, but she's still being very well cared for, and I'm just so thankful. She's well cared for, but at the the, um, risk, and not as bad as it was. I mean, I used to really... uh, I was a notch away from worrying because my brother. I uh, was wondering what I was going to have to do for him because that's a that's a, you know my mom came out and stayed with me for a while and it's a, it's quite a job. Uh, it is especially especially when you are um, a male. I mean, she has female needs; you can't tend to those. And uh, yes. and then on top of it, uh, it's a it's it's a, it's a lot with. For one person, especially, I mean, you may be a, a single child. So those who are listening, who are an only child, or maybe your spouse of, of your, maybe your spouse has AD, and you are the, the, sp- you're the spouse of that person. You know, you are the main caregiver, and it's yeah. so important for you to uh, get the assistance that you need for yourself. Is it not? Neither. maybe we should talk about that a little bit. I normally have a commercial break, or are almost at the top of the hour, and I didn't take it, and I'm not going to take it. Uh, But let's talk a bit about the caregiver and what some of their needs might be. Uh, You spoke about how you and your siblings were able to be honest with each other and say, you know, I'm tired, I'm scared, I'm nervous, I'm sad, whatever it was, and you all, again, supported that, but, you know... Let's say there's, there's somebody who can't get the rest that they need. What would you say to them? That they're, they're sleep-deprived, uh, they're eating sweets all the time, and they're not really getting a balanced meal.
1: What would you say? I, I would say for every Alzheimer's Association workshop or seminar I attended and all the information, one of the topics is usually making sure that the caregiver takes care of him or herself. And so whatever that includes for that individual you have to find your downtime. It's, mm. it's so The the 24-hour schedule is is usually not going to work. Uh, you, you've yes. got to have sort of relief. You've got to have backup. And we had backup. The five of us had backup. We started then going to our own children, uh, my nieces, nephew. I said that we moved a nephew in. You have to have your own downtime. And if you don't take care of yourself, then you're not going to be able to provide and give the quality care that uh, the mom or the elderly dad or whomever it is that you're taking care of needs. It's so important. So I would say you've got to make sure that you stay on a regular schedule, if that includes exercise, um, you know, however many hours of sleep you need, know that you're functioning properly throughout the day, eating properly, just taking – Focusing on self and taking care of yourself, whatever that means for you to be able to achieve good health so that you have the stamina and the wherewithal and and everything it, it takes to be able to care for someone who has Alzheimer's because it's not an easy task. It's not an easy task. You go through emotional upheaval. It's sad to see your parents declining when you know that they're one day they, they were functioning and they were sharp and their mind was sharp, and, and then all of a sudden they're... You know, the rambling, I I used to joke around and call my mom rambling rose. It's like, what is she talking about? I used to ask myself, and then I would just nod my head and say, yes, yes, you know, but you've got to take care of yourself. And there were times when we did feel burnt out. That's when we were able to to say to one another. Uh, My youngest sister said to me, she says, I don't know if I can go through another fall and winter doing this. And I said, I'm with Mm -hmm. you. I know I mm-hmm. can't. It's just way yeah. too much. And yeah. we placed my mom in the adult family home October 1st of 2014. So she, we didn't have to go through the fall and, and the winter uh, doing, you know, caring and for she, her. Well, and she's well cared for, isn't she? She's well cared for yes. there, and then you all go and see
0: her. That's what i yes. trying to tell my siblings and my mother. You know, it's not like they're throwing anyone away. Um, it frees you up to give them the love and the care and the attention that they need, all that that you want to give anyway.
1: But, That's you correct. Know, and you enjoy the, the and you enjoy the visit a little bit more. Yes, because it's yes. not full. Yes. It's not you know it's not filled with the the tasks and and did you take your meds? And I just gave you right. some water. And no, I've already warmed your food up. And then yes. I have to go to the bathroom and then that's a twenty minute thing and then you're re you're rewarming the food up anyway, you know. So that's right. It it yes. Well, it.
0: I just thank you so much for um all that you've shared with our listeners and and, mm-hmm. and that you've shared with me. And um, listeners, I just wanted to remind you too, don't forget, there's a system Nigel mentioned that about the um, Alzheimer's Association, they have wonderful meetings uh, uh, for support. They have wonderful um, information to lend. They want to help. And our guest last week talked about um, agencies, about aging, that no matter where you are in the country, more and more money is being poured into these um, uh, associations and organizations. And even to some degree, depending on your income level, uh to help you with the finances. We're bringing in someone, um, maybe not around the clock and then again it could be depending on if you go through imagine what's that as you get um what oh, is it title nineteen through Medicare I think. Uh, everyone doesn't qualify for that, but it's certainly worth looking into it would it, it could help tremendously in terms of having someone come in to bathe your loved one, companion care and even some um um small household duty care. So, again, I just want to encourage you, both Nyjah and I want to encourage you to um, just keep loving your loved one, be patient with them. Uh, Nyjah talked about how she, when she didn't know what her mama was saying, she would just nod her head and say yes. You, we want to validate them. They are still very, uh, even sometimes when we think they might be rampant, there's still many kinds of lucidity for them. Would you not say, Nyjah? And we don't that know them that might be. Yes. So, Nigel, yes. would
1: you like to add a parting word? Well, I would say for those of you who have some sort of faith in, in God, uh, just continue to pray and ask for guidance and direction and uh, d- just trust that uh, he will provide you with that guidance and direction so that you can make the right decisions and the best decisions for whomever it is that you're caring for.
0: So very really well said. And on that note, we're going to say adieu, and I hope everyone has a wonderful evening. And once again, Nigel, thank you so much for your being here. Good night.